Thanks for joining us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Take a second and send your story to amen at citychurchfl.org. And if you'd like to partner with this ministry financially, you can do that by going to citychurchfl.org slash give and select the giving option that works best for you. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. I don't know about you guys, but life has the unique ability to get very busy very fast. In fact, I think it's one of the biggest challenges that our culture has. Uh, some cultures don't have enough, and that is a challenge within itself. But then there are other cultures like ours where we tend to have too many things. We have too many gadgets. We have, listen to me, we have too many expectations on our lives. We have too many distractions. Just open up your phone, right? We have too many responsibilities. And if we don't watch it, we can find ourselves being pulled in every single direction, right? So let me ask you a question today. As you sit here, hey, you better relax. He's, <laughs> he said harder. <laughs> this ain't a cage fight, bro, we at church. We ain't betting money on who's going to. I love that. As you're sitting here today, let me ask you a question. What's pulling at you? Just take just a moment and think about it. What is pulling at you right now, right here today? I want to give you six kind of, I feel like, pretty general things that can pull at our lives uh, and, and so let me walk through just a few of these. Maybe today I got my lovely wife up here. Can you give it up for Natalie, my beautiful wife? She's awesome. So let me ask you, if you're married today, is your marriage pulling at you, right? And I don't, yeah, you, you are liking this. Did you break it? Man, she almost went flying off the stage there. Is your marriage pulling at you? Once again, these are, not everything's negative. There are good things, right? I'm, I'm not talking about your marriages on the rocks. I'm just saying in general, there's a pulling, whether we realize it or not, for, for your marriage, right? There's an expectation that your spouse has for you. And naturally, hopefully, you're asking yourself, am I meeting that expectation? Am I, are we, maybe if you've been married for a while, are we still in love, right? Are we rekindling that marriage? I actually had the opportunity a few weeks ago to officiate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. That's awesome. Very cool. And so, you know, are, are you, are, is your marriage where it once was? And obviously, there's a natural uh, pull to that. It's a good thing, but there's a pull. And if you're single, where are my singles at? Okay, just look around, see the hands raised. You guys can meet afterwards. I love that. It works every time. Just, right? Hey, but there's a real seriousness and a stress to being single. Right, and so there's a challenge within that, right? And so where do I find somebody and what does that look like and how do I work that out? Or maybe you've been divorced and so you're starting over and it's challenging and there's, there's just a pulling to that, right? So that'd be the first thing. Second thing would be family, right? I think most of us, how many of y'all got kids in the room? How many of y'all wanna sell your kids? Just, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, one lady just stood up, Pastor. She just said, she was auctioning it off. She's ready to take over. Right, there's a... There's a challenge with our kids, right? They have expectations. They're a blessing from God, but man, aren't they a lot of work, 
and, uh, and they'll be pulling at us. And Mike Rivera here is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but him and Joe are our missions coordinators. And they got seven kids, y'all. All right, so... In fact, even showed up today wearing the, a clean shirt. It's pretty impressive to me. Um, and on time. And on time. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, right? There's a, there's a challenge that your kids, right? You got soccer practice, basketball practice, chess practice, badminton practice, practices for practices. There's just all types of things going on, right? Doctor's visits that tend to always work, like right when you start a vacation, everybody gets it. It just, right? I don't, their kids are a lot of work. They're a blessing, but family can be... Does that symbolize something? Like, I don't know what's going on. You... <laughs> Next on the list uh, is, is relationships, right? I got my friend over here, Pat. And, you know, no matter where you are, whether you're mom or dad, you're a friend as well, right? You have, you have relationships, and maybe your friends are, are pulling at you. It's a good thing, but it happens, right? They, you weren't quite the friend you once were. And so where have you been? And what's going on? Your priorities are are different, and so you're wanting to weigh this out, and, and obviously, we don't just want to be a friend to those that are closest to us. We want to be a friend of sinners, and so we want to engage our community. We want to engage the people around us, even if they aren't following God or aren't walking with God. In fact, even more, we want to engage with them, and so how good of a friend you are is pretty important, right? So that's a natural pool in our lives, right? And so if I go to this side, you got job and career back here with Melanie, and uh, maybe you're here today, and your job is pulling at you, right? I mean, and, and, and it could be a good way. Maybe you're, maybe you're here, and you're figuring out your next level in your career, and, and you're, you're figuring that out, or you're trying to grow your business, or make that bonus number, whatever that might be, or maybe you're on the opposite and you're just trying to keep your job, or maybe you're here and you don't have a job, and so there's a natural pooling that comes from that, which leads kind of right into finances, right? I got my, my man Larry here uh, pulling, and uh, Larry actually leads a financial class called, called Financial Peace University. We call it FPU. He teaches people how to handle money. And, uh, and, and so, but maybe you're here today and you have a, that's a challenge for you, right? And, and, and I've seen it on both sides. I've, I've met, I meet people that are struggling financially, that aren't sure how to pay the bills that week or that month or that day. And then I meet people that have a lot of money. And what I can find is that either way they can pull at you. Because either, because, you know, even if you have a lot of money, money tends to magnify what's in our heart. Right? And, and what I've found is that, man, if people don't watch it, they, they finally get that car, but then it's not the next car. And they finally get that house, but it's not the next house. And they finally get that thing, but it's not the, I don't have the nicest home in the neighborhood. I just, I just got in the neighborhood. Or whatever the thing might be, it can pull, right? It just, these things can pull at us. They're good things, but they can pull at us. And lastly, I got my man Esteban. He leads our altar team here. And uh, Esteban represents health, right? And obviously we want to be healthy and stick around and, and live and Right, and so we want to eat healthy and do things right, and and, and that can be a, a strain on us. We typically don't have enough time or money to probably eat the way we should, and there's a natural tendency to that. And here's here's what I know. You could find yourself in any. Maybe you agree with some of these ropes or not. You could come up here and throw up some ropes and have some categories of things that are pulling at you. Yes, right. Here's here's what I want you to know. Everything in life is pulling at you. But God is calling for you. Let me say that again. Everything in life is pulling at you, but yet you have a God that's calling for you. And let me be very clear, sir. You have a calling on your life. Every man in this room, there is a calling of God in this season, in this moment, in this geographic location for you today. All right? Ladies. 
There is a call on your life today. Every single person in here, if there wasn't a calling, you would be dead right now. But if you are still breathing, you have a calling. And here's, what, here's where this gets really strong. Your kids do not need you to just be more busy. They need you to be more godly. Your finances doesn't just need you to be more busy. It needs you to be more godly in it as you steward what God's given you. Your body doesn't need you to be more busy within health. It needs you to find the rhythm that your creator's called you to have. And we could go right down the line here. Lucky for us, God knew that this would be a challenge for us. It's like he's really smart. He knew that this would be a challenge for us. And you know, he doesn't even suggest what we should do. He actually commands us to do something. And it's called, take a Sabbath. In fact, he says, remember the Sabbath. And if you don't know what that is today, you're in for a treat. We're going to explain it. And maybe you're here and you think you know what it is. You're going to walk out of here really understanding what the Sabbath is. And let me give you a very clear picture of what a Sabbath is. Because we have a definition that we can give you as well. But it's a 24-hour period where once a week, you pause from the pullings of life, maybe. You drop all the pullings of life to rest, to enjoy, and to recenter. And we'll talk about what those look like. But God has called every person in here to have a Sabbath, to rest, to enjoy God's gifts, and to recenter ourselves on Christ. And he teaches us this in Exodus chapter 20, and we see it throughout all scripture. Can you turn there to Exodus 20? And while you're turning there, give my incredibly good-looking friends a hand. You guys are awesome. Thank you, guys. Exodus 20, and if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to church, I am so glad that you're with us, and I want to give you 60 seconds, because maybe you've never even heard about the Ten Commandments, or maybe you heard about it in a movie, but I want to give you some context here, and I want to give you the storyline, because it's important for you to understand the story in order for us to really value what's being spoken in front of us. So here's the big picture of the, the Old Testament in about 60 seconds. Y'all ready? Okay. God created humanity. He created you and me, and he created you and me to be in relationship with him and to worship him, to put him first. And we have free will to do that, by the way. And humanity, man, you and I, we have chosen to worship ourselves, to put us first, to put my decisions first, to put my longings first, to put what I want first, and that is called sin. And sin disconnects us from relationship with God. And we learn in the Old Testament, it doesn't only disconnect us from God, the punishment of sin is death. And, and not only that, but then it brings pain into our lives, it brings shame into our lives, and I think we all can agree that every one of us have sinned before God. Every one of us in this room or maybe watching online, we come out of the womb putting ourselves first. And so God loves his people so much, and he loves us so much that he, while they were in the, in the wilderness for 40 years, God speaks to a man named Moses. And he, he shares with Moses the law, and what it is, it's the law on how to worship him right. And that is what the 
commandments in the law is. There's over 600 laws, but there are 10 main commandments, and we're going to look at one of them today. Now listen, these commandments, when you do them, you are positioning yourself the way you were intended to live in right relationship with God, and there is blessing on your life. The commandments aren't what you don't get to do, it's what you get to do. And they bring blessing to your life, which you're gonna find as we look at the commandment of the Sabbath, all right? Verse number eight, are you there? And you might have a handout there. If you didn't get one, uh, we're selling them in the back. Just joking. God says, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Well, the reason why he said remember is because he already introduced it around Exodus 16. So he already introduced this Sabbath rest and now he's actually making it a commandment for us. He says, uh, by keeping it holy. Everybody say holy. holy. That word holy means set apart. In other words, six days of your week, you work, you labor, you club it. Work hard, work well, work smart. But one day a week should look different. It should look set apart from the rest. And one, not, not only is that word holy, it actually isn't, it's not just set apart to be set apart, it's set apart towards God. That for 24 hours in your week, you would pause from the pullings of life and you would set yourself apart, you would stop doing labor and you would set it towards God. Let's keep going on. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, verse 10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord. On it you shall do no work. Everybody said amen. amen. Neither you nor your son or daughter. Everybody's like, I'm excited I came to church today. We're talking about having a day off. Come on now. It's in the Bible. Isn't that crazy? Neither your male nor your female servants nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Did you know, just clearly from this scripture, God blesses this day when you do it. It's a day that is blessed by God. It is holy. And it's not holy because you took 24 hours. It's holy because God calls it to be holy. He's the one that makes it holy, right? So let me be very clear today. If somebody came up to you and said, hey, what's the Sabbath? What did you learn at City Church today? You have the hand out there, but let me put it on the screen. Sabbath is a 24-hour period where we pause from regular paid work to rest, to enjoy God's gifts, and recenter on Christ. That's what a Sabbath should be. To rest, enjoy, recenter. Rest, enjoy, recenter. The Jews in the Old Testament, in fact, they still do it today, their Shabbat or their Sabbath is from Friday sundown to Saturday at sundown. Most Christians, it's on Sunday, just the day of, of Sunday. In fact, actually, B&H Photo, has anybody ever heard of B&H Photo? They're a, a company out of New York, and they sell media, they sell uh, camera lenses, they sell, we've actually bought stuff from them as a church, and I pulled this up on my iPhone last week, and they are a Jewish company. In other words, they are owned by Jews, okay? And guess what days they don't work? You can Google this right now if you want it. Look at this. Friday, you see the rest of the days are open till 7, but on Friday, they're, they're closed at 1. Why is that? 
because it's their Sabbath. Okay, and then they're closed on Saturday. Now here's what you may not know, all right? So they're, on New, they're in New York, they're in the heart of New York City, by the way, and they're closed on the busiest day for retail on their weekend. Listen to this, not only are they closed on, in their store, they won't even do an online transaction for those 24 hours. Go try to buy something next Saturday. You ain't gonna get through. <laughs> Somebody emailed them and they said, why in the world would you guys have customer service like that? I mean, it's a customer hospitality issue, right? It's a, that's our culture. It's just putting everybody first. And they said, why wouldn't you do that? They simply responded, not with a long paragraph. They said, we answer to a higher calling. That was their response. Wow. Think about some other people that take Sabbath, some other companies. Anybody have any clue? Chick-fil-A, right? Four Rivers. You wonder why the beef brisket at Four Rivers is so good? It's blessed, y'all. It's blessed, man. You want to know why the, that, that sweet tea at Chick-fil-A is just so heavenly? It's blessed. I mean, think about them. Sunday is the busiest day to close. Yet they made a decision that not only are they going to put them first, but remember what they said, nor your servants, right? It's not just the head owner. It's not like the owner of Chick-fil-A said, hey, I'm going to have the day off. No, everybody in my company is going to take a day of rest. Isn't that awesome? Very cool. You know, the Sabbath also in the Old Testament, you may not know this. I just, this was interesting to me as I studied it. This was one of the most evangelistic tools that the Jewish people had to speak to people that were not in faith of God. Let me tell you why. Let's say I got Pastor Joe in the front and Pastor Joe wanted to sell me one of his cattle because that's apparently what we do back then. And you want to do it on a Saturday and I look at you and what do I say if I'm a Jew? If that's paid work. Now we could pray together on Saturday. We can worship God together on Saturday. We can enjoy each other on Saturday but I'm not making a profit on Saturday. That's not what we're doing. And then you, what, what would Joe probably say to me? Why would you do that? Well, because it's Sabbath. Well, what is Sabbath? Well, Sabbath is where we take a day and we give it to the Lord. Well, who's the Lord? Well, the Lord had a Sabbath because he created, he did what, right? All of a sudden, the gospel story starts out Obviously, the gospel hadn't been fully there yet in the Old Testament, but the story of God, the redemptive story of God started right. in that, which can happen with you as well. Another thing that's interesting about the Sabbath is that when you study the actual word, there's a lot in it, uh, but part of it is, is the word atonement, that it represents an atonement. In other words, six days the Lord labored, but on the seventh day, he stopped and it was a day of completion of the week. He looked back at the week and said, this is good. Didn't he do that actually? Right? He, he had six days and he looked back, he delighted in his work and he said that it was done, right? Do you know as Christians, one of the greatest symbolisms that we get is we, if you choose, I hope you do, choose to have a Sabbath day, that we point to the finished work of Christ on the cross. And every time we take a day off, it's like it reminds our spirits and our souls that we are not God. And I'm not God of my increase. And I'm not God of my company. And I'm not God of what I do. But he's the Lord. He's the savior of the world. And so I'll let him be the superhero and I'm just gonna be me. And I'm gonna enjoy 
the fact that my God, there's nothing else to do on the cross. He hasn't kind of completed it. Everything has been completed on the cross. Can we give Jesus, if you agree with that, give him a hand, it's awesome. Incredible. So before I get into the three steps, and this will not take long, um, I wanna answer this question because I think this is really important. We are not Jews. And we do not live under the old covenant. So should we still have a Sabbath when we are not under law anymore, we're under grace? Well, Hebrews clearly speaks to this. And then if I had more time, I would show you in the Gospels where Jesus also speaks to this. But remember, so if you want to turn there, you can. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8, we'll have it on the screen. The author of Hebrews is speaking to Jewish Christians, and he's challenging them to realize that they don't have to live under the law anymore. In fact, a lot of Hebrews is where we did a whole series on it, but it's where we talk about there's no more Jew nor Gentile, Greek, nor there's no difference in us. All of us now find faith in Christ and Christ alone, right? right? That's what it's about. And so now he's telling them about Sabbath and he specifically uh, addresses it here in verse eight of chapter four. He says, there remains then still a Sabbath rest for the people of God. God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort, and this should be our heart today, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Is the Sabbath for us still today? Yes. So let me tell you how we should approach as Christians this Sabbath commandment. In fact, this is how we should approach all of the commandments, by the way. But I'll just talk about this one. We should approach the Sabbath as a commandment, as a principle, and if you're filling out your notes there, as a gift. It's a commandment that we follow. It's a principle that we wanna understand because it goes way beyond just having a 24-hour period. It's learning how to rest and learning how to just say, God, I'm not always in control and I'm not the creator of tomorrow, you are. And so I'm just gonna follow you. In fact, I'm not, I'm not leading you, God, you're gonna lead me, right? So it's a commandment that we follow, it's a principle that we understand, it's a gift that we receive, and you can either receive it or not. And that's your choice to make. And so as we approach the Sabbath, I, I, I wanna break down this definition just for a second. Is everybody with me? Right. All right, can we keep going? I wanna give you three actions to a healthy Sabbath. I want you to walk out of here and be able to teach somebody else how to have a good Sabbath, all right? Y'all probably, you probably know somebody, don't even raise your hand. You probably know somebody right now that you say, you know what, they need a Sabbath, right? And you're probably nudging your neighbor right now, right? Your, your spouse may be talking to you going, get off your phone. You're always working. You need to take it, right? And so you have to manage that. Well, here's the first thing you should do on a Sabbath, which I suggest it's on Sunday, by the way, all right? Unless you have a really good reason, it should be on Sunday. This should be most of your Sabbaths. My Sabbath happens to be on Friday. I don't know if you know this, but our pastors work on Sunday. And uh, it's a different weight that we carry on, on Sunday. You should experience it. It's just, it's, uh, it's there. It's, it's great. <laughs> right? It's great. Number first thing we do, and you probably already know what I'm going to say, we rest. Everybody say rest. rest. Right? And we clearly see this in Scripture. You should rest on your Sabbath day. Doesn't that sound good? Rest. In other words, what, this is what I want you to know. You unapologetically have permission to take 24-hour period and pause from your regular stuff and rest and trust not work don't try to sell another thing we rest right we rest in him he is our 
our ultimate rest. You know, great things happen when we rest. I could go on throughout the, throughout, the, throughout the Bible. Let me just give you just maybe two or three, all right? Isaiah prophesies that those who wait on the Lord shall what? You will find yourself getting renewed, right? This world doesn't need a busier you. They Remember, they need a more godly you. So there's a time of rest in our lives, right? Let me ask you this. Uh, well, the psalmist would say in Psalm 23 that, speaking really of Christ, the ultimate shepherd, but it says, the shepherd leads us beside still waters, right? On to green pastures. Let me ask you this. When the, when the early church was birthed in the book of Acts, what was the commandment of Jesus to them? He said, go and make disciples, but before you do that, what, do you, what should you first do? Wait. Isn't that interesting? The Spirit of God pours out at the, on the day of Pentecost to people that weren't going, they were waiting. And as that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and that gave them the power to go, not in their own strength, but in the strength of God. The calling that's upon your life, you can't do in your own strength. You need the strength of God, amen? Second thing today to have a healthy Sabbath is that you need to enjoy or we get to enjoy God's creation and his gifts. Did you know that you're allowed to delight in God and what he's given you? You, are, you have unapologetic permission to enjoy what God has done in your life. In fact, I think it's sin if you don't. I think it's wrong. I think he's been very good to us even if you're in the midst of challenge. And by the way, uh, the worship leader that was just up here leading us in a good father and Jesus being the sinner lost her grandmother this week, like, like 48 hours ago, yet got back up here on a mic. I leaned over to one, our discipleship director and I said, I'm so proud of her right now. <laughs> Nobody knows. Because as followers of Jesus, our hope isn't what happens on the external. Our hope is found in him. Right? I'm so, that was so cool. Yet we're allowed to delight in him. You know why we're allowed to? I mean, I could give you a hundred reasons why we should delight in God, but can I just give you one here? Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. In fact, he says that the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath, which points us to the understanding that it's a principle and a gift for us. It's not just a commandment, but it's a principle that we need to understand because it's for you. The Sabbath is for you. And I don't know about you, but I worship today. I choose to pause what I'm doing today, and I choose to delight in God because I'm saved. He's changed me. He's delivered me. He's forming me. He's allowing me to communicate his gospel, and he's, he's doing the same thing in you. We have a lot to be excited about. We get to enjoy him and to enjoy his gifts and what he's done for us. The third thing is this. Oh, let me, let me get back to that. So when it comes to enjoyment, what can you do? What can you not do? It's as simple as this. Answer this question. What fills you? Whatever fills you, 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 that, that, you have permission to do. If it's not sin, by the way, all right? Outside of sin, <laughs> all right, what fills you? So I'm looking at, I mean, I know a lot of people in the room. I'm looking at Dave. I know he loves to garden. We've talked about that on stage. I'm sure on a Sabbath day for him, whatever that might look like, he's probably touching some plants. That fills him. My wife likes to stare at me for 24 hours. That's, that, that, that's what she likes to do. And, I, you know, I just sit there. It's just tough, you know. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I would encourage you to go to the outdoors. You know, hey, young people, there's like the thing, there's an outside. In Spanish, it's called afuera, by the way. And, uh, it's a good thing. It's actually beautiful out. Uh, I personally like to, I like to play golf. That, like that really sometimes is a relaxation. Not always. Some people like to fish. Um, there's nothing wrong with enjoying. That's, that should be part of your Sabbath. If all your Sabbath is is coming in and worshiping God and then resting and, and just lounging around, unless that brings you ultimate enjoyment, which maybe it does, man, there should be a part of enjoyment. Even today, uh, for many of you guys, if today is your Sabbath, which is what I suggest, if you're doing a Super Bowl party tonight, if this is your sab- Sabbath, nothing changes. Just hopefully your heart is a little different towards it. Because it's like you give yourself permission. You know that moment in the Super Bowl party where you want to check your phone and get one more thing done? But you go, you know what? I am, I, God has allowed me today. He, he not only gives me permission, he commands me to have fun right now. And so you know what? I guess I gotta. We're gonna, I'm gonna have fun tonight. Right? I mean, this is, and this is why, by the way, we say that the church should be one of the happiest places to come. Because we're allowed to enjoy God and what he's done and who he is. And if any day we should do that, it should be on our Sabbath, right? We should enjoy him. Third thing is this, last thing. We recenter ourselves on Christ. So in other words, we're not just having a day off to have a day off. It's holy to God. We're not just swinging golf clubs all day, right? It doesn't say that. We're not just fishing and casting lines the whole day, all right? There should be a part of that, which is why Sunday is such a great day, because isn't that kind of what Sunday is? Right. A recentering, right? Even today, you're hearing the, the message, and hopefully there's a shifting in us. As we feel, maybe you felt pulled this week, right? You're feeling yourself getting pulled, and all of a sudden you're in worship, and you start to worship him, and be more of who you're created to be, and then you start to hear his word, and you make some recentering adjustments as you're giving your life to him, right? That's what that is. Did you ever notice, um, can I show this on the screen? I took this picture on my iPad. These are the 10 commandments. And in blue, in the top blue, that's the first three commandments, which is your relationship to God. And the bottom six commandments are your relationship with man. And the middle in green, that's what God has to say about the Sabbath. God has more about to say about the Sabbath than any other commandment. Isn't that interesting? Also, did you, under, did you notice, I never noticed this before, but did you see the placement of this? It's actually in the center between the commandments that you should follow towards God and the commandments that you should follow towards man. As if God knew, he's pretty smart. As if, as if he knew that if you don't take a day a week, you're gonna be, you won't be a good follower of Jesus you won't be a good worshiper. You're gonna get burnt out. You're gonna get unhealthy. You're gonna spiritually have issues. And it's like he knew that you won't be the husband that you've called to, you're called to be. You won't be the friend that you're called to be. You have to rest. You have to enjoy God and you need to recenter him. Can I give you this scripture? Because Jesus gives us the antidote to, to, to being worn out. This is found in the message, Matthew chapter 11. You have it in your notes. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burn out on religion? He says, come to me, get away with me, and I will recover, or you will recover your life. In other words, I am the answer. Jesus is saying here. In other words, Sabbath isn't the actual answer, but Sabbath should position us to get to the answer. The answer is Jesus. 
He's the solution. You're not gonna get godly just by following acts of law. We get godly when we, when we take them and present them as they are called to be to Christ, right? And so he clearly tells us today, he says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, Jesus says. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. One of our biggest challenges in our culture is rhythm. I talk to people all the time and their rhythm is out of whack. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. In other words, our Sabbath should point to Jesus. It should recenter ourselves on Jesus. In fact, that's why I'm gonna have the band in just a second. Lead us one more time through that song, Jesus Be the Sinner. I just felt like it was, it was appropriate. Jesus is the sinner. Let me answer just a few questions that you might have. Everybody with me? Yeah. All right. You're asking, you may be here today and you go, okay, I got it. Sunday should be my Sabbath, but I'm supposed to rest and joy and center myself on God. But, I've, I, but what about working in the nursery? Am I allowed to work in the nursery on Sabbath? Or is that not allowed to be? Like, can I, can I run a camera on Sabbath? Can I, can I serve in a church capacity on Sabbath? And the answer is yes. It's a, not just kind of yes, it's absolutely 100%. You absolutely can serve and minister on the Sabbath. But let me show it to you in scripture because my word isn't good enough. Mark chapter three, verse one. You don't have it in your notes, but I have it here. It says, another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a, season, a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal them on the what? The Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everybody. In other words, he didn't just heal him, he wanted to make a point here. So he pulls him out and he puts him in front of everybody. Then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? Deeply distressed at their, uh, I'm sorry, to do good or do evil, to save a life or to kill it? But they remained silent. He looked around at them and in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. And the Pharisees were outraged, so mad because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. But they didn't realize that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so to answer your question, can I, can I hold a baby on our third service and still have a Sabbath day today? Absolutely, 100%, right? You're not, what it is is that you're taking 24 hours to not gain anything within your work. But can you minister to people? Can you heal? Can you pray? Can you worship? Can you enjoy? Can you have fun? Absolutely. Sunday should be our greatest day of the week. Right? I mean, and th th listen, this isn't, this isn't just me up here saying this. I mean, just from the Bible. Sunday should be our greatest day. It should be an awesome day for us, full of faith and just recentering. And I'd encourage you to hang out with people in your church and have fun and then enjoy each other as God's called you to. And what if you're here? This is a tough question that I, I, I think is good. What if I'm a mom with four kids? Right? That's crazy. I'll pray for you. <laughs> what if I'm a full-time, where are my college students at? Some in this room, okay. What if I'm a full-time employee and full-time student, maybe going to night school? How do I have a Sabbath? Well, let me tell you, you need, to, you need to have some times with God. You need to really think that through about how you figure out 24-hour period that you get with God. But let me tell you, let me, let me promise you something. Your kids and your pullings of life are gonna screw up your, your Sabbath. It's gonna happen, all right? Like, to be clear, the Jews, 
the parents, right, they didn't like have 24 hours where they stuck their kids in a room and didn't, they weren't a mom and dad for 24 hours. That didn't work like that, all right? They still were hanging out with their babies. They're still correcting them. We're still figuring stuff out, right? Even they, they, they hung out in the synagogue. There was still a preaching of the word. There was a reading of, of God's scripture, right? So none of that changes. So you just got to know in advance that it's going to get thrown off. But here's the big thing is that you know when you got thrown off. And that's a big, that's a, that's a big deal in itself. And if you plan out in advance when your Sabbath day is and something has to rearrange, well, maybe you can change your, your world around. You can say, you know what? Sunday's typically my Sabbath. We have in-laws in from out of town and there's $1,500 plane tickets and I'm not gonna tell them that we can blah, blah, or whatever. And so you're gonna, you're gonna be on their agenda and it might be a little bit different. So maybe you take a Saturday off. You might try to rearrange your schedule and you might end up missing a week, right? That, that might happen. We don't want it to happen. And if it does, you know what you do? You get right back up. The next week, you keep doing it. You keep pursuing that Sabbath. You keep that Sabbath day to light because if you keep it up and you keep working seven days a week, you will be in trouble. You will. You will find yourself in sin. You'll find yourself exhausted. You'll find yourself out of place because everything pulled you in every single direction and it's not healthy for you. So God, in a nutshell, that was a 30-minute talk for God to tell you today, take a Sabbath. Remember a Sabbath. Amen.